0: Hello, and welcome to the On-Premise IT Roundtable, the only podcast that dares to be both on-topic and on-location. My name is Tom Hollingsworth, and I am a writer for gestaltit.com. I am also a part of Tech Field Day, and I'm here with three of some of the best and brightest minds in the networking industry, and we have a premise that we would like to discuss with you today. But first, I'd like to, for you to learn who will be discussing that premise.
1: Taren? Uh, so my name's Taryn Bryson. My Twitter handle is at someclown.
2: My name is Matt Hato. My Twitter handle is at Matt Hato. I'm Jody Lemoyne. My Twitter handle is at ghostinthenet.
0: All right, gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Now, I don't know if you can tell us or not, but I'm not feeling it today. I'm, I'm a little burned out. And I imagine that a lot of the people who are listening and watching this podcast at home are probably feeling a little bit burned out, too. And that's one of the things that we see a lot in IT. People get fed up. I've had enough. I hate this job. I hate this work. I hate storage. And so I am posing the premise today that IT burnout is inevitable. What do you think about that? Taryn, you had some thoughts about this recently because you've written about this quite a bit. Um, Do you think IT burnout is inevitable?
1: I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know if I'd say it's inevitable. I mean, I think that it's, it's, there's a high percentage of people that do burnout. I think a lot of people, at least, you know, my age group, um, got into IT because we were good at it, mm-hmm. and there weren't a lot of people out there that were good at it. It wasn't necessarily even a career choice. We, we went through college and said, I'm going to do this. We just ended up doing it because we were so involved with computers. We really enjoyed what we were doing. And I think if you go into a field because you really enjoy it, at some point, you know you, that that can actually wreck it for you, right? Because you end up, you know, doing the same thing, the same thing. And I mean, I don't care what hobby I've ever had in my life, I, I it, they've all stopped after a few years.
0: Yeah. What's the, what's the phrase we always hear from people? If you find something you love to do and do it as your job, you'll never work a day in your life, except yeah. when you have to do that thing every day, in which case you're going to go insane. Now, Jody, what do you think about this? Because I I can see some thoughts
2: forming there. Well, my thinking is that. When you have a passion for what you do, you go into it completely. You, you, you dive into it. Your work, your hobby, they become the same thing because you, you have a good time doing what you're doing. But then you run into the roadblocks. You run into the politics. You run into the things that keep you from doing the things that you're doing. And that starts taking an emotional toll because you start getting angry at the things that are keeping you from doing the things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And when you become emotionally invested in it in a negative way, that's when the burnout becomes inevitable. But you don't have to. Really? <laughs> like, we care about what we do. Mm-hmm. But there are mechanisms you can use to avoid getting too caught up and too personalized with the roadblocks that you hit. Let's come right back to that because I have some thoughts
0: that I want to throw out for you guys. But, Matt, what do you think about this? Is IT burnout inevitable?
3: Depends on how you define burnout. Okay. Okay. Um, I think both of you guys brought up a great point in that a lot of people in the industry are in the industry because it's their passion. You know, I was the kid when I was 11, I mowed lawns for a summer to get my first computer. It was a 486 DX66. I was building routers out of free BSD boxes when I was a kid and, and I loved it. So when, when you do that, you you have a passion for learning. You want to learn everything. You want to be the best. And I think that's, that's part of it. I think also, when you get, you know, in a production environment, and, and you know, first start working in IT, um, there's there's the hero syndrome. You know, you're putting out fires. You're, you're the hero, and it feels good. It's fun. Um, you know, I worked for an MSP, and sometimes you're on call, other times you're on a project, and it was just this constant. You know, I want to be the best. Plus, it feels good because I'm putting out fires. Plus, oh, on top of all that, I'm doing certifications. So that's another element. It's just, there's, there's just so much. And how do you, so how do you define burnout? Um, I actually, I used to like take pride in the fact I would tell people I teeter on the edge of burnout, but I know my limits. Is that really a good way to
0: to live? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Right, right there on the edge, you're, you're skating on the edge of a razor. And if you slip, you're probably going to be in trouble. I want to, come back to something you said. You said that there are ways to avoid burnout. One of the ones that I always hear more than anything else is work-life balance. I have to find a way to balance what I'm doing with the things that are not work. I also know that I have been known to answer that occasional email at 9 30 at night. Um, Does the work-life balance equation have a massive impact on our ability to burn out or avoid burnout as the case may be?
2: It's hard to say. I think work-life balance and, and how much of an impact that has is a totally separate discussion on its own. But I do know that if your work-life balance is such that you have no life, it's certainly going to take you right down that spiral and there's no avoiding it. But I've, I've heard from people in Silicon Valley that
0: I should work 85 hours a week to be productive at all hours of the night and that I need to be, what are we on now, 15, 20x engineer?
1: Yeah, but so, I mean, here's the thing with that, right? So, you know, if you, I mean, I found a few years ago that my passion for pure network engineering was was sort of waning a bit, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I started, you know, moving a, a little bit more into some other, you know, things, some programming, you know, whatever, um, and then finally made the jump from, you know, in-house network engineer into into consulting, pre-sales consulting, right? And that actually did a lot for me, um, uh, which we can, you know, I can go on a little bit more about if we want to, but... The thing I've so the work life balance thing for me, like my kids are older, my wife's you know working on her doctorate. I mean, I have all the time in the world as far as work life balance. I mean, whatever I find that I, I really enjoy, whatever aspect of it that I'm in at the time, I throw myself 100% into it. I mean, I'll be working you know on Saturdays, but that's my hobby as well, which means I'm very into it, I'm really you know whatever, but I get the, the cycles of burnout for me are shorter. In other words, you know I'll throw myself four years into this one thing and then after four years, I'm completely burned out and I move on to something else. Uh, and so um, I you know I think for me the work-life balance isn't as much of a factor. I think I'm well, I, th- I think I'm causing burnout by not having as much work-life balance, but I don't know what I would actually do without doing it the way I do it. but you're shifting I mean. gears.
2: Yes. shifting gears is kind of important because you're not doing the same thing right you know when when interest starts waning and the passion starts fading, you don't just sit there and let it drive you down to the point that you're suddenly depressed and have nothing left, burnout. You find something else. You find something related, something else you can
3: be passionate about and renew it all.
1: Move on to the next thing.
2: Yeah, and that's good angle. We're
3: just talking about work-life balance, though. I think there's a lot more that has to be balanced. You know, if you look at a typical engineer early in IT there's there's work and then there's the ability to rapidly excel in that job because if you're if you're good in IT you can move up pretty quickly okay. so you want to do your work you want to overachieve at work and then of course you have certifications so mm-hmm. that is something generally it's expected to be done after hours and if you're talking about somebody who has you know, IT is already their passion. It's their hobby. You know, they've got a lab environment at their house. So they're doing work. They're trying to go above and beyond at work. They're trying to do certifications. They have a dozen little projects on the side. You know, that alone is a lot more than just work. But then you have life. And it's, it's quite the juggling act. No, I,
0: you know, that's, that's one of the things that we hear a lot about is that I have to find ways to compartmentalize every one of the pieces that I have. And like Taryn said, I mean, you, if you can compartmentalize one thing, you do it really intensely for a couple of months, for a year, for three years, yet you're going to get burned out on it, but you're also kind of, um, you're, you're keeping the failure from blowing everything else up because, let's face it, for everybody like you guys that are just like, yeah, yeah, I can deal with this, and I skate on the razor's edge, or I find ways to avoid burning everything out. There are people that are just like, I'm moving to the woods, and I'm living in a log cabin, and I'm never going to talk to people again. I've seen it. and, and Yeah, and, yep. and that's one of the things that we're starting to see a lot more in the industry. There's been a lot of recent articles that have come out about people who are literally on a, I guess the best way to put it would be they're on a burnout treadmill where they just go from one burnout situation to the next, similarly to you, but on a much more massive scale. Is that a bad thing? Is it worse than just regular burnout, where i am had it with this, where I just keep replacing things in a burnout
3: cycle that keeps getting shorter and shorter and shorter?
2: Ultimately, it comes down to, are you happy?
3: One thing that's what, that I think is very important is having, you know, work, of course, is, Part of the work-life balance equation. So having an employer who doesn't enable that behavior, I've worked for places that that tout work-life balance as an important value, but when push comes to shove, they enable their engineers to burn themselves out. And you know, when I started with my most recent employer, I interviewed them just as much as they interviewed me, and I, I talked to the guy, and I said, he is a young kid. I said, if you're out with your wife and an email comes through and your your phone's vibrating at seven p.m., are you going to look at the email? You know, if your if your kid has a baseball game and there's an important deal that's going to close, are you are you missing your kid's baseball game? And just having an employer who will who doesn't value. What am I trying to say? Who who doesn't uh, view that as an asset? Who views that as being unbalanced? I think that's important. So you're saying it should be
0: incumbent upon the people that you work for to push back on your desire to burn yourself out, to set a
3: limit for you? I I don't think it's their responsibility, but I think it's very helpful for a certain personality type that you find a lot in tech. Um, it, It can be taken advantage of.
0: So let me pose that thought to somebody who works for himself. Jody, is it possible for your employer, you in this case, to set boundaries
2: to prevent from getting burned out? It's harder. It's mm-hmm. certainly way harder. You know, being self employed means you can work any 80 hours a week you want. You know, that's kind of how that works. Yeah. But then you have to set your own boundaries. It's, if you want the employer to set a boundary, well, if you're self employed, you're setting your own. Mm-hmm. And Do I have customers that have the right to call me at 2 in the morning when something's burning? Yes, they absolutely do. But what I had to set up early on was a very high fee schedule for them to have the ability to do that. And that way, I only have a few that are going to do that. And then it's incumbent upon me to make sure it's all set up so that they never have to. So let's come back to that point about the reward
0: Aspect of burnout because I think that that might be a good point Taryn, Did you have any thoughts that you wanted to share?
1: Yeah Well, so one of the things and and I I don't have a link the top of my head, but one of the things I wrote a few years ago was was You know, I had talked to a bunch of people about You know, hey, if you if you had your perfect world, you know And these were people that have been in the IT industry for 10 15 20 years, right? or, Or longer in some cases and I said look if you are you doing the thing that you wish you, you know, you grew up wanting to do, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you grew up wanting to be a writer. Maybe you grew up wanting to, you know, design this, that, or the other, or whatever, whatever your dreams and passions were, right? Um, are you doing that? In a lot of cases, it was no. They fell into the IT industry by accident, or they needed money, or it just, it just became kind of the thing that we, 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 we all went to. And then I said, okay, so if you could leave the IT industry right now and do this other thing... Um, would you do it? All of them said yes, and I said, "So what's stopping you?" And it was the same thing was stopping me. This industry tends to pay fairly well, mm-hmm. and it becomes almost impossible to walk away because of the lifestyle we've built for ourselves, the you know the bills, what we're doing for our kids, all that kind of stuff. It becomes almost impossible to walk away and say, "I'm going to go do this other thing," because inevitably you're going to get paid, you know, half of what you're making in IT. So. You get locked in.
0: You're stuck. Let's chase that thought for a second, because you literally just went where I was telling Jody I wanted to go. We hear a lot about burnout from groups of people who are considered high-tier professionals, IT workers, lawyers, doctors, people who have a lot of energy invested into that. You don't typically hear about stock boys getting burnout. You don't typically hear about garbage men getting burnout. But you also don't see those jobs getting paid very well. Is the burnout problem that we see in this industry, and by extension, the medical profession and the legal profession, in part driven by the fact that we are essentially rewarding people to burn themselves out? You get paid more to work harder. You get more reward for putting in a ridiculous amount of time. Could the solution to the problem be reduce that, that urge to reward people for burning themselves out to prevent them from pushing themselves past the point where they are capable of sustaining their workload?
1: I'll, one thing, and then turn it over to these guys. I, I will say that part of it is a personality issue, too, though. The same, and, and my wife and I have talked about this with her being in the medical field. The same kind of like She's actually seen this. A lot of people that she knows that are in the medical field are married to people who are in a highly technical field. Mm-hmm. And it's a similar personality type. So, I mean, I think taking away the reward isn't necessarily... I mean, that would help, certainly, right, if it's, it, you know... but. It's a personality type that goes into IT. It's a personality type that does medicine. It's a personality type that becomes, you know, it becomes a high, you know, a high achieving attorney, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think, we do it to ourselves, regardless of the money.
2: Yeah. Jody, no, oh, he's absolutely right, and especially when you look at someone like myself, self-employed, I don't have those restrictions, and I get direct reward for putting that much into it. And do I want more of that reward? Absolutely, I do. So the mechanisms that I would have to do would be to maybe refuse work and the like, but it's just not in my nature to do that. It's, I drive what I do because I like what I do. And if I'm going to avoid burnout, I have to do it in a different way. I have to do it by challenging myself differently. I have to do it by keeping it exciting. But the, the sheer overwhelming... Work for the reward I get. I don't think that's the mechanism I can use.
3: Matt, I think a lot of it is, is a cultural problem. Um, you know, you were talking about burnout, and you were talking about eighty hours a week. Since when does working eighty hours equate to being productive for eighty hours? And you know, the quality of work is obviously going to go down quite a bit. And I think it's if you look at an office, uh, you know, it's a little easier to define than somebody who, who works for themselves. If somebody's there at seven p.m. Is that a positive thing? You know, they're putting in the hours, they're burning the midnight oil, whatever you want to call it, but why is the focus on being this martyr who's sacrificing whatever they're sacrificing and it's viewed as as a positive thing as opposed to simply being more productive? Um, and I think there's, there's not enough emphasis on productivity and there's too much emphasis on just work. Yeah, I, and I think that
0: realistically is probably a good place to end it because... When we look at what happens a lot with burnout, it's not so much that we deal with us busting our butts and getting things done. It's that we're trying to be the most productive people that we can be. And maybe the rest of the organization isn't as productive as it could be. Maybe there's a lot of work going on and not a whole lot getting done. So we feel overwhelmed. We feel like nobody cares and we just want to give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on us at Gestalt IT because we're gonna have more great podcasts coming to you um, on a variety of topics from whether they be network uh, network automation. Um, we're gonna talk about storage at some point and hopefully we won't have to talk about burnout anymore because you guys will take all these lessons to heart and you won't get burned out and the world's gonna be a better place for that. Make sure to check out the latest episode of our podcast on the website gestaltit.com slash podcast. While you're there, check out some of the other links. We got some great things going on with unboxing videos, um, tech talks, we've got some great reviews of some of the industry and some of the presentations that you see at Tech Field Day. You won't want to miss those. Keep that content hopper full and I promise you, you won't have a day in your life where you won't want to do anything but read, read about what we've, all the great content that we're bringing to you and you won't get burned out. So for me, Tom Hollingsworth, for the three panelists here, I want to bid you a fond adieu and please keep listening. And we're done.